Welcome to the show. Here's my dad. On this episode of the Infant Adoption Guide podcast is part two of our talk with Libby Denniston of Lifetime Adoption Center, where we talk about what birth moms are looking for in hopeful adoptive families. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Infant Adoption Guide Podcast. My name's Tim Elder, Adoptive Dad, and this is the podcast all about domestic infant adoption, where we help you shorten the time, decrease the cost of your adoption journey, and try to make it less stressful for you to reach the dream of becoming parents. You know, this is part two of our really great discussion we had with Libby Denniston of Lifetime Adoption Center, and it's really important because we're talking about what birth moms and what expectant mothers who are considering adoption are looking for in hopeful adoptive families. So it's really important before placement and after placement, because we're talking about profiles, we're talking about communication with expectant women. And then after placement, when those women are now birth moms, they gave birth to the children that are placed with families. We talk about what they are looking for in communication, in open adoption communication. So really important discussion here with Libby, and she does a great job with sharing her heart, her experience, her understanding of these women. So excited to bring you to part number two of our discussion, and I think you're really going to enjoy it. I love talking with her. So here you go. They want to learn about the parents who are waiting to adopt right away in the research phase. They don't want to wait until they've decided yes, I want to choose adoption and then look for families. They want to look at the whole package right away. And that that's really, I would say, something that I've just seen with modern day adoption just grow and grow and grow is that the adoptive parents are often the reason that these women feel comfortable choosing adoption. Yeah, I mean, that really ties in beautifully to talking about adoption profiles because that really says a lot. And I don't know if I've ever heard anybody say it just exactly that way, where you say you could be the number one reason why a birth mom even chooses adoption for a child. That's, that is a lot of truth right there, because especially with online, everything online now, I mean, you can, anybody can go online and find in a matter of seconds, dozens and dozens and hundreds of families waiting to adopt. Mm-hmm. So a, a woman out there who's just even thinking about adoption could go, who's out there and start looking at them and watching them and looking at what they're all about, what their lives are all about. And even watching their video, which I'm big about, I'm a big proponent of. And I know you had helped us, <laughs> you helped us through this because years ago on our first adoption, we were wanting to do video and um, it was kind of a new thing there. And I don't know if there was a whole lot of bandwidth or anything tech technical wise uh, on the web to handle videos as much as there is now oh, but you definitely helped us there you i mean in fact i think you helped us uh we, we made our first video it was like 15 minutes long some amazingly long video and uh you helped us go eh, let's scale that back to where now i think the videos are like two or three minutes long and it's it's really amazing way for families like us to connect with women out there because they can see us they can hear us they can watch us rather than mm-hmm. just looking at pictures and reading about us. And do you find, um, especially through online profiles that the, I don't know if I want to say attention span, but maybe it is the attention span is just shorter. Like there's so much, so many families out there 
that you maybe they don't want to take as much time to go, oh, here's 30 minutes on this family, 30 minutes on that family. <laughs> you know, right. I mean, could you imagine? <laughs> no, no, I couldn't. Uh, yeah. Could you imagine these women? Maybe it's <laughs> after nine o'clock, maybe after 10, maybe they got their three-year-old finally to go to bed and they actually have some time to research adoption. And then if she feels as if reading about you or learning about you is is going to sap a lot of her energy, she might put you off. She might even not look at anything you have to offer. And that's not to make people feel intimidated. You know, oh my goodness, how long does it take to process my profile? But we just have to face reality that we are in, we are in a, a quick communication time. This is a different era. Um, people... People still read, but they read different ways. They read short blogs. They read, they read lots of little things compared to devoting that same amount of time to reading one big thing. And videos, videos are where it's where it's headed. I would say because, I mean, just look at your own Facebook feed. Um, look at look at the blogs you follow or the websites that you're drawn to. Even even the shows that we watch on TV. I've noticed that. The, the interval of time between commercials has gotten shorter <laughs> <laughs> because people are people are moving around in shorter bites. Um, and video really, I, I think video is complementary to the whole profile because I'm a visual person. So the video gives me a lot, but mostly what I'm looking at is is sort of the interaction between the family that's being taped mm -hmm. but then also their facial expressions maybe the scenery where they live just a little bit of that I'm hearing their message but because I'm so visual I also like to scroll down and look at the black and white words and yeah. the pictures that are static but there are a lot of people who aren't like me that could be very um, audio motivated when it comes to how they process information and so your video is really tapping into the different ways that people will want to learn about you and that will retain. And the video also, I would say, when you compare it to just a, a printed profile, it it's a different platform where you can use your humor a little differently. And, you know, there's some things you just can't write into sentences without sounding full of yourself mm. or without sounding... Um, arrogant or even a little callous sometimes but if you do them on a video it's cheeky or funny or cute so you can sometimes bring out a different element of who you are by using all the different mediums that are available to adoptive parents today because um, it's really sort of a package that you're offering her but like you said with um, I mean it's just so true that we, we can't expect we can't expect an average stable person to watch a 30 minute YouTube. I mean, unless it's, <laughs> unless it's something they're really committed to the subject, you know, but when you think about the women who are considering adoption, they're usually not in a stable place in their life. And they're usually, um, in a little bit of a panic mode. They have maybe a lot of worries. They could actually be in a literal crisis. Maybe their, um, their time is limited on, on, a computer at the library or something because they have no other place and they're hopping couch to couch. They don't, they don't have internet, you know, so you never know where she's at. And certainly a person that's in crisis mode usually has a different kind of attention span than those of us who are in seasons of calm. Yeah, very good point. Yes. Uh, uh, do you find that birth moms 
generally find or or uh, want to connect with adoptive families through the internet? I mean, is or is that the majority of the way they want to connect now? I would say it's growing, but we still have a lot of women who want information by mail. Hmm. But definitely the chain the chain of how they are attracted to a family or how they learn about the adoptive parents has changed where probably now it is initiated more online and then your online presence sparks her interest in learning more about you um, by getting mail, maybe a Instead of actually getting physical mail, they might want an email that has more information about you. So it's sort of it sort of unfolds the depths, but definitely I've had some adoptive parents say, you know, I just don't do Facebook, for example. And is that really gonna hurt my adoption? And I don't know the answer to that really, other than as much as people try and say that the younger audience is not on Facebook, I'm still seeing them there. So I would say if you can, I think it's wise unless there's just some security reason or some major life-altering reason that you cannot be on Facebook for birth mothers um, to at least put yourselves out there temporarily through your adoption search because the the different mediums that happen online, um, I, I mean, I even noticed the other day, this is sort of just more the example of how far Facebook is stretching now, how much it's trying to umbrella. But I got an Amber alert in my Facebook the other day. I had never seen that oh, before. Wow. No, I haven't either. Uh, and I had my phone had buzzed. And then about half an hour later, I was flipping through my news feed. And right there near the top was just, it didn't say sponsored or anything. I mean, I didn't even, it's, it's not a page or something I follow. It's not an app I have. Facebook just now is popping those in. And I thought, wow, well, I was actually sort of surprised that hasn't been happening all along. <laughs> but <laughs> to me, it just goes to show how how much it's starting to be used for more things and that you can use it in a safe way. Um, but when it comes to the internet, blogging or creating some sort of simple website, certainly if you're working with an adoption professional who who has a website, you want to make sure you're making full advantage of that. Whatever whatever they have to offer you, you know, lifetime offers space for video. Sometimes some families still have just an audio message, just a little player. They can have a different message there than the video. And then the visual site, plus they, um, a potential birth mother can click on your site and choose to request more information, such as your full length profile or to talk with you. They can type in a little message that, that we could, um, start an email chain with the adoptive parents. So there's just so many different ways that we try and make it available and, and texting too. If I, I would say in this day and age, most generations are, have become familiar with texting, but if you have any sort of hang up at all about texting, you may want to get over that because that's, that's where these women often feel comfortable communicating as well. Yeah, absolutely. That's we we're doing that I have a, with our son's um, birth parents. So yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense to, do if you're looking to search for and connect with a, a birth a expectant mom anywhere, why not use every avenue that you could possibly use? I mean, that's, that's what we love about Lifetime actually, is because you guys do such an amazing job of using all the avenues, um, probably more than I even realized. But I know you got so many websites out there and putting our profiles out there for, for everybody to see. And now video really is becoming 
more. I see a lot more families putting it on there, and um, mm-hmm. it's it's prominent on the website too. So it's very easy to just click and boom, play. And even with the phone, I mean, that's the phone's becoming a huge part of it. That's mm-hmm. what makes Facebook huge, right? Because you can carry it around with you wherever you go. I mean, I think my family. Uh, extended family use Facebook messaging more than we use text messaging now. Because, <laughs> yeah, some people do. Your, yes, yeah, I mean, you can get it on your phone. You can get it on your computer anywhere you go. It's not phone dependent. Mm-hmm. So it's uh, it's a, it's an amazing time that we're in right now, as far as being able to connect in so many different ways. So um, yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that because there's just you can actually get overwhelmed with all the different ways to do it. And uh, I mean, I would what would you say is be like if we had to prioritize. Uh, telling a hopeful adoptive family is just listening to this going, okay, you're telling me 15 different ways the things to do. What, what's, what's, <laughs> can you just give me like the top three or four? <laughs> what would you tell families uh, like maybe the, the best ways to put themselves out there? You need to think number one about the type of woman you want to be chosen by and, and don't, don't, you know, oversimplify it or over glorify it either. You know, you don't want to get so narrow that you're only open to straight A students in their senior year of high school who are college bound with steady boyfriends. You know, you don't, you don't want to think just one type of person, but think about, think about a woman who you'd want to be chosen by. And, and then if you know people like her, ask them how they're communicating. You know, how do you, how do you search for information? Um, and if they say, well, I ask friends first, well, then maybe you want to start getting the word out such that, you know, her friends are looking up different topics or information and, and then brings it back to her. But what we're finding more is that, like I was saying earlier, when, when a woman's in crisis mode, when she's having a, a time in her life, when she's not sure how she's going to handle the immediate future or solve a problem that she's facing – She's usually going to research on her own first. She might confide in a friend and have a little help researching, but she's usually going probably to Google or some search engine to just start looking up information. And one of the great things about Lifetime is that we make it easy for her to contact us. So a lot of times what's happening now is I'll get a call from a woman who Googled something about adoption. She saw our phone number come up in the search results and she just clicks it and her phone dialed us. And then from there, I'm telling her about things on our website that will help her, where she can find more information, where she can learn about the adoptive parents. So then she's going back to the website. So there's sort of this ping pong thing happening online. Um, But you want, I I would say too, um, something that came to mind, Tim, was just, a lot of it depends on the program you choose to help you adopt. So if you're doing adoption, you know, an adoption search on your own, there may be different tips for you because you're not going to have somebody who is screening the women who be who might be considering you. But if you're working with an adoption professional, an agency, an attorney, um, then find out, you know, they will often be open with you about the way that the women are finding them. So if they're saying, for instance, at Lifetime, it used to be sort of 50-50 online and phone book. And now probably, I, I can't remember the last time I had a woman find us in the phone book. <laughs> so, Do phone books still exist? Oh. <laughs> somewhere, <laughs> yes. Um, I think we still keep a few ads out. But the reality is those have faded away. And 
um, I still get phone books delivered to my door, but I put them in the recycle because <laughs> I don't know what else to do with them, and I don't have any chair legs to make unwobbly. So um, they're just they're falling they're falling away. They're not part of our culture now. So, but let's say you do choose to work with someone who says, you know, we we have foot traffic. The women who come to us to complete adoptions are walking through our door. So then you want to make sure that you have something physical there for her to see when she visits them. Um, you know, with Lifetime, we're getting a lot more women who are at least initiating that search online and then making phone calls or chatting online or texting or requesting information by email. So, so our families have a consistent web presence and then we spread those websites on on different websites. We share them on our blogs. We put them on social media. We are um, sort of even piggybacking and encouraging people, you know, share your own link and sort of getting this out there. You can even put your web link in emails that you just send to your friends or your colleagues um, if it's appropriate. But you want to make sure that the people you choose to help you adopt – are letting you know how the women calling them are finding them or are choosing families because it if you choose if you choose a place like Lifetime and we're highly we we know that the women calling us are usually online and you decide you know I've just I've heard really scary things about putting ourselves online I just we're we're not going to do a website we'll just have a printed profile we will tell those people you're you're stunting your adoption search. Mm-hmm. You may not you may not be successful with the women who are calling us. So you need to find out number 1 what what is the adoption program I'm working? What does this professional say will help me be found by the women who are calling them, who are finding them? Because otherwise you're just it's all in vain. You need to know you need to know what's expected of you based on the people who are working with the professional you've chosen. Yeah, absolutely. And when you're, and if you haven't chosen a professional, then that's something you can ask of them. How do you do outreach? Mm-hmm. How do you, like you said, how do women find you? And that's something to ask them before you even choose to work with them. I think that's, that's very important for like for us. I mean, we're in the Midwest. Uh, we're in, I don't know, I want to say rural, but it's pretty sparse population where we are so i mean that was one of the reasons why we chose lifetime because you guys go nationwide you're everywhere Mm -hmm. and we we just saw the writing on the wall i mean there's not that much population here so if we just worked with a local adoption agency our chances are probably not going to be as high or or it would take us longer to Mm -hmm. adopt than if we worked nationwide with you guys right and just I know that a lot of adoptive parents, as they do their research, they will start to learn about all of the choices just within adoption that are available to birth mothers, to women who are considering adoption for their child. But remember also that you have a lot of choices too as an adoptive parent. It may not always feel like that because by the time you get to choosing adoption, sometimes you've already walked through a journey you never expected you'd have to go through just to add a child to your life and you may feel a little bit overwhelmed or as if you have to do so much more than the peer the peers around you or the family around you but you still have choices you can choose the kind of program you want you can choose the type of adoption number 1 that's always number 1 is picking the type of adoption you want to pursue and 
be honest with yourself. We had a webinar last week with Lifetime's founder, Marty, and that was one of the things she spoke candidly about is it's also okay if you decide adoption's not for me, but majority of the people listening to our webinars usually at that point have decided adoption's for them. So she spoke to, you have to be honest with yourself about what you're looking for and the type of adoption you want to complete. And then you find the people that will help you get to your goal. And there's just, there are different programs, different options. Um, Some people want to work locally. In this day and age with the internet, I feel like even working nationwide is still locally because that's just, for me, as we started today, it's just such a unique, it's such a unique connection that you can have with someone that may even be on the other side of the country or in a different state, whether that's your adoption professional or your child's birth mom, that you can still have a very close connection with your child's birth mom, even if she lives a whole day's drive away or a five-hour flight away. Mm-hmm. Um, the Just the way that things have opened up with communication and travel these days has just changed. I, I think local has broadened in a sense. But some people still want that literal local sense, and that's okay. You just have to find the program that works for you and then follow the steps that they know work to help people adopt because um, that's – that's our passion at Lifetime is I know that sometimes making the profile to be found by a birth mother can feel intimidating because let's face it, who who walks around just sharing with people all the details of their life that make them awesome? <laughs> but um, the things that seem ordinary to you are going to be very interesting and very special to the woman who chooses you to raise her child. And your adoption professional should, I hope, be able to give you tips on how to communicate those things so that you can get that word across to the women you want to be found by. At Lifetime, we have a whole team dedicated to just helping you create a profile that's strong and and that we believe will get you noticed by the right birth mother. And and what I mean by that is that you can't you can't force it. You have to be yourself. But just like you're going on a job interview or meeting people for the first time, you usually put your best foot forward. And that's, that's what we know helps adoptive parents is because it can be very, it can be very overwhelming in the beginning. Um, and that's something too, when you're researching adoption professionals, find out how they help you bridge that gap so that you can feel confident about the materials you've put together to be found by those birth moms that you want to meet. Absolutely. One of the things that I just recall, I recall as you were saying that is that uh, you gave us a tip. I don't know which, when it was, but we were st- kind of struggling with our profile and uh, I think we were doing a revision on it. And uh, you encouraged us to just think of those everyday things that you do, the things that you just do. It's part of your life and you just don't think it's you're special for doing it. And I brought up, well, you know, I guess we do at nighttime, you know, we, we say our prayers with our daughter and then the, and then I share with her just a little bit of her adoption story, you know, how she came, how we found her and what it was like when I first held her and all that stuff. And you said, oh, my, why are not you putting that in your profile? <laughs> I said, oh, yeah. <laughs> so that is just a small example of the, the things that already go on in your life, but make you special, make you unique. And even if you don't think it's making you unique, it really is. And it could be that thing, that spark that makes that connection with a woman out there that's looking to make an adoption plan. 
That's one of my favorite topics, I would say, is, I mean, it's one of the first things we always ask women. So let's say a woman has called Lifetime, she talks with one of us, she gets more information, then she decides, I want to take the next step and I want to get to know this adoptive family or these two adoptive families, however that works for her. One of the first things we ask when she tells us, hey, I found a family I like, is what did you like about them? What drew you to them? And that's one of my favorite questions to ask when we're doing adoption story webinars too, is do you remember why she chose your family or what stood out about your son's family that made you choose them? And the answers are always a little different, but there's always sort of this underlying thread of it just felt right. It just seemed meant to be, or I can't explain it. It just, I just really connected to them. Um, going back to Adrian's story, I know because I helped her through her adoption that one of the things that actually drew her to her son's adoptive parents was the colors they chose in the ribbon they tied their profile together with. Wow. So just having color, you know, favorite colors in common made her feel comfortable getting to know more about them. And you can't force that. There's no way no. that you can, you know, I don't, I don't want people to go Google what is the most often requested favorite color, you know, or something. Yeah. Okay. I have to make a blue profile with a blue ribbon because majority of women like blue. No, <laughs> you have to make it you. If you love purple, um, my mother-in-law hates purple. I don't even know why. I, I, I don't know how someone could hate a color, especially purple, but <laughs> um, she hates it. But I couldn't force that. It doesn't stop me from wearing purple sweaters or, you know, putting purple on a greeting card for her or something like that. I'm just, I just know better than to give her anything purple personally. <laughs> but you can't force that yeah. with an adoption profile. There's no way for you to absolutely predict everything because she may notice something. I love, I always love this story too. This was a few years ago, which this is an amazing story all in itself. But we had an adoptive family. Um, they had no children yet adopting their first, they waited longer than we thought they would. And then they went through a failed adoption. So they were waiting again. And then they were chosen. And the thing that stood out to their child's birth mother was that there was this one little photo. Now, I don't want everybody to run out and make this photo happen in their profile because you just never know. But in their profile was this picture of adoptive dad volunteering at a hospital and he was a uh, Christmas elf. He was working with Santa Claus at, at Christmas time, and he had on tights and an elf costume. And the birth mother told us, I figured a man who could put on tights for kids would be an amazing dad. <laughs> now, that doesn't mean I want all the men Everybody, out there to yeah. go slap on some tights oh, and try and impress birth mothers. I got to put but that, that in our next revision. But that stood out, and they couldn't have forced that. They just put it in because they love volunteer work, and this is a tradition they do. Yeah. And he even probably said to his wife, why are you putting that picture of me in tights <laughs> in our profile? You know, I would be saying that, worked. yes. That's funny. Incidentally, oh. that family ended up in a match, and uh, the birth mother didn't have a lot of prenatal care, but as she got things going with the adoption, she picked up prenatal care and went to the doctor. Well, um, about a week before baby was coming, the due date was due, uh, she got a sonogram, and they were hoping. Now, sometimes when a woman's very far along, you can't always tell if it's a boy or a girl because sometimes things get really tight in there, but they were hoping to find out 
is, is she having a boy or a girl? So she got a sonogram. And I remember one of our coordinators, Veronica, got the call from the birth mother after the doctor's appointment. And she said, um, I'm just really nervous. Are they still going to be available? I just had my sonogram. And we're thinking like worst case scenario, like, you know, some significant special need or some reason why they wouldn't want to adopt her baby. You know, just something that would cause a lot of families caution. Veronica says, well, tell me what happened. You know, I thought you were just going in to find out if it was a boy or girl. And she said, well... I'm actually having twins. <laughs> and so we got to call. It wow. was boy, girl, twins. Veronica got to call this family who had already been through a failed adoption before and had waited such a long time to find out they're having boy, girl, twins. She started out by saying, well, it's a girl <laughs> and there's also a boy, <laughs> you know? So it's just, I love that story, too, because it also reflects how much birth mothers are worried about the approval of the adoptive parents, mm, right. even under situations that we wouldn't consider extraordinary. I mean, twins are extraordinary, but we know the majority of adoptive parents would do cartwheels Absolutely. over twins, yes. and um, especially when they didn't yet have children. And the um, But just how concerned she was thinking, oh, my gosh. I can't handle one more child, let alone twins. Are they going to want to handle twins? Are they going to back out? And just worried about their approval and acceptance, but to find out, no, we're here for you. We're committed to this is such a reassurance to these women. That's, that's awesome. I love that story. Thank you for sharing that. That does say a lot. Mm -hmm. Well, we, I, we need to wrap it up here. I could probably talk to you for another three hours, I think. <laughs> uh, but thank you so much for coming on. You know, you're so amazing. You, you, you have such a heart for everybody in the adoption world and helping people, especially. I mean, you're definitely doing the work God has called you to do. And I thank you for, for doing that and for coming on and sharing everything that you've done today. And uh, I just wanted to give you an opportunity to uh, just share with the folks what's coming up on your uh, free adoption webinar series there at adoptionteleconference.com. What do you got coming up for the folks? Well, I am starting to put together webinars for 2016, and we've we've already uh, lined up a couple more adoption stories because those are always, I, I think adoption stories have to be possibly the number one best resource in this modern era for really understanding what adoption can be like. Mm -hmm. um, but in December, we have um, a private webinar just on getting through the holidays because we understand that people who are waiting for a child, the holidays can be a stressful time for many. They don't always know how to handle questions from loved ones. They might be hanging around babies that they're not usually around and, and feeling very emotionally drained. So we want to just sort of support them, validate them, and encourage them as we head into that season. And then we also, we do have a public webinar open. Um, you can go to adoptionteleconference.com and sign up there. But in December, we have um, traveling for adoption because that has been a topic of a lot of question lately. So we decided to just bring on some tips, talk about what works, talk about um, the, the best ways you can prepare as much as possible for traveling to adopt a child. And, and hopefully that'll be exciting for families. Thank you for, for doing that. I'm, I'm, I know there's a lot of amazing topics that you've covered in the past. And, and if they go on adoptionteleconference.com, you can go back and listen to some of those. Uh, but thank you, Libby, again, for coming on the show. Uh, I hope everyone listening has learned a lot about 
birth moms and women who are considering making adoption plans because there's so much more that we can talk about, but really wanted to get, make sure you just got a better understanding of of who these really important women are in our lives. And um, being a father of two kids um, through adoption, they really are important. They really are part of our family. And uh, whether or not, whatever varying degrees of open adoption you have, um, our experience is they're still, they're, they're part of your family now. They're part of your lives. And Libby did a great job of explaining that and sharing stories. So thank you, Libby, for coming on the show. Uh, you're amazing. Uh, as we, I've said many times, so sorry about gushing over you, but I really, I really do appreciate all that you've done for me and my family and uh, for coming on the show today. Thank you so much, Tim. I'm, I, I've grown such a passion for adoption and the people touched by adoption. I know that it's, it's not anything to be taken lightly, but it really is an exciting time. And, and I always like to encourage people to remember that as you learn about adoption, if you, even if you disagree or don't want it to go a certain way or you don't want a certain type of adoption, you're still learning about it and you're learning the truth about adoption that could help a friend or make you a better support or compassion for someone else who is going to find themselves down that path. So I just encourage all of you to just keep an open heart and stay informed. And and as, as we do see every day at Lifetime Adoption, truly they're there really is a child for every family who has a sincere heart to adopt and is doing everything they can to reach their goals. So, so keep taking those steps and you, you will get there. Great, great advice. That's absolutely true. It provides hope for all of us. All right. Thanks. Thanks Libby. I appreciate you coming on the show and we'll talk to you again soon. I'm sure. All right. Thank you, Tim. All right. I really hope you enjoyed part two. They're really part one and two are just fabulous. I'm glad we were able to split them up into two different podcasts because there's just so much there. I didn't want to cut anything out and Libby did an amazing job. I hope you go listen to the webinars that she puts together over at adoptionteleconference.com. And I also invite you to go to lifetimeadoption.com, which is where uh, that's the company we're working with to help us find and match with an expectant mom. And uh, we've done that for all three of our adoptions. And I really love those people. They're, they're just amazing. So um, also please uh, if go to an infantadoptionguide.com forward slash 40. And we're going to have all the highlights and links for this episode there. And I just want to say, you know, thank you so much for, for hanging out with us um, each and every episode. Um, all the love you guys give for um, the topics and the guests that we have on the show. Really appreciate it. Uh, this is so much fun to bring to you. And if you have any ideas of uh, topics you'd like to discuss or um, anything that comes up that really haven't you found an answer for, go over to infantadoptionguide.com on the contact page and just send me a quick email. I'll respond to you and we'll talk about it. I appreciate that. Thank you so much. And until next time, God bless you on your adoption journey. You are in my prayers. God bless. Thanks for listening to my dad.